Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, hilarious actor, diehard Chiefs fan Eric Stone Street joins former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio on our show. Eric, such a huge fan of yours. This is really a treat. Thanks so much for joining our show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's so great to be with you, Eric. We have, we have so many questions for you. I mean, Eric, uh, Jeff and I have been doing this for three and a half years and uh, by far, you know, not even close, our first Emmy Award winner. So we're, we're super excited about that. <laughs> and one of the greatest Chiefs fans that's out there. It checks all the boxes. We do nothing but talk about offensive linemen all the time, Eric. We know what a passion you have for offensive linemen in your heart. It's just, it's perfect. So thank you for joining us. You got it. You got it. I, I heard you're a big fan of our own TD Joe V, Eric. Is that <laughs> is that true? Talk about that for a little bit. Well, you know, Joe got to see uh, when 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 we got a suite at Arrowhead, they asked me what kind of pictures I wanted in my suite. And I said I wanted offensive line themed pictures. And the official photographer, Steve Saunders there, um, he he kind of went went through the the uh, history and said, do you, you know, have any favorite moments? And I said, well, you know, where my season tickets were was right down where Joe Valerio caught one of his touchdowns from Joe Montana. And, you know, he just typed that into the computer and up it pops. Well, I didn't know when that picture would pop up, what angle the picture would be. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, I have to be in this picture somewhere. So I scan the picture and boom, th there I am in that picture. Well, Long story short, I, I get a copy of it and I, I tweet it, I think, to you, Joe, and said, yeah. Joe, look at this picture. You might see somebody you recognize in the back. And we hadn't met or talked up until that point. Maybe we'd exchanged a couple tweets or something. And he's like, that is crazy. You've been hanging in my study for all these years and I never <laughs> knew it because that's the picture he has you have hanging in your study. And there I yeah. am in the background and we were in a picture together for 20 25, 30 years and didn't even know it. Oh, and so that picture hangs in my suite at Arrowhead, which happens to be right above where that touchdown happened. And so it was really fun for Joe to be able to come into the suite and, and see, see his picture in there and me in the background with my hands raised up in the air. Oh my God, Eric, it was such a treat. One of the highlights of the 2022 season was getting to spend that time with you and Lindsay and catch the game, the Hall of Fame game against the Titans. Kimball Anders went into the Hall of Fame, and it was just – it was awesome to spend the time with you and just reminisce about that, right? Just us two young guys just, you know, doing our thing. Eric in his tan khakis and his green shirt, which we always joke about. I still don't know why I was wearing a green shirt. I think it was – it must have been in my phase where I was too cool to wear a lot of Chief gear. <laughs> really out of. I always have something Chiefs on for the most part. But, yeah, I was wearing tan pants, a green polo, and then a black Chiefs hat and, and my sunglasses. So I must have been in that mode of, like, I'm a Chiefs fan, but – I'm not one of those crazy chiefs. <laughs> and we, you know, we got to, we got to joke about that on a, on an Instagram post. That was another one of my thrills in my life was getting to do that with Eric. I got a, I got a tweet 
and a text from Eric. And I honestly, gosh, I thought it was one of my buddies playing a trick. I'm like, come on, who is this? This It's not Eric Stone Street, you know, star of modern family texting me about, and I was like, and it was, wow. I was like, and then, and then he sent me a video uh, text. I was like, oh my God, it really is Eric. I can't believe it. My whole family went crazy. And it was like, it was like I was playing football all over again. (laughs) It was so cool. Eric, you know, I, I love modern family. I've seen, Every episode, and I often watch it before going to bed. In fact, this is a great story. In January of 2021, I watched the episode where Gloria's water broke at Manny's birthday party, went to bed. A couple hours later, my wife woke me up because her water had unexpectedly broke. So, I oh mean, that's, my gosh. You no, know, I don't know if I told you that story. Really crazy. <laughs> no, we, we, the laughter must have broken the, broken totally. the well, let's, um, let's hope let's hope you don't watch an episode where something bad happens. Jeff. Yeah, right. Let's, let's, let's not let this be a Nostradamus moment here. Yeah, modern family. Well, more with Eric Stone Street in a second, but first, a word from our sponsor. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone, head to the website or use your mobile device today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We're here with Eric Stone Street, the Emmy Award-winning actor, huge Chiefs fan. And Joe and I were both wondering, we really enjoyed the Randy Reed sketches uh, with with on the chief's website, social media platforms. Eric, how did that come about? Well, that came about years ago when uh, my good friend, Jerry Collins and I were at a chief Seattle Seahawks game. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. And when we were leaving, uh, flying back to LA, this was, this was a long time ago. Hold on. Carl, the cat has just entered the chat. (laughs) Move along, Carl. Um, We were on an pl- airplane going back to L.A. and he was like, man, we really need you really need to come up with something fun, you know, to do. And shoot, this was maybe Coach Reed's second year in Kansas City. What did he come in? 15, 14? I think third. Was it 13, Joe? 13? OK, yeah. so this may be around 15 or 16. Anyway, we just kind of hatched the idea of Randy Reed, Andy Reed's younger brother that nobody really you know, likes, but has to tolerate because he's head coach's <laughs> younger brother and then never really did anything with it. It never kind of, it never came to fruition. Um, uh, and then Brett Veach called me the year, I guess. Yeah. The year that we went to the Super Bowl the first, I get my numbers all confused, the COVID thing mm-hmm. and, totally. Modern totally. and a lot of things <laughs> happened in a very short period of time. So I get very confused on the years. Anyway, the, the, Going into the season that we first went to the Super Bowl and won, uh, Brett called me and asked me if I would do something. They wanted me to do something for in stadium. And I, I didn't really want to do that because we just got our suite and I didn't want to go in my suite and have to look mm-hmm. at my bug on the Jumbotron. So I was like, uh, no, but I, I do have this idea uh, of a sketch where I play, you know, Coach Reed's younger brother, Randy Reed. He's like, we're doing it. And I said, well, <laughs> hold on, hold on, Brett. <laughs> We've got to get coach in and, you know, like be a part of it. He's like, he'll do it. He'll do it. When I tell him what it is, he, he's going to love this. And I said, well, why don't you just verify and bounce it off of him first and then get back to me? 
I mean, it wasn't 20 minutes later. Uh, Brett calls me back. He's like, coach is in. He thinks it's hilarious. When can we see a script? So we, Jerry and I, who's, you know, still one of my best buddies. He's coming to Kansas City here next week to visit me. Uh, we got together on an outline and kind of came up with the premise of the idea of give Randy a ring, uh, you know, which means give Randy a ring, but also give Randy a ring. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we shot that that first year and, you know, people seem to really like it. And I, you know, I was kind of fine with it just kind of being the one little piece, you know, of just my little love letter. I'm just like, what can I do? I can't play offensive line for the chiefs. I can't be the president of the chiefs or the general manager, but I can bring my creative abilities and comedy senses and try to create something unique and original. And really it was one of the first things of an NFL team that did anything like that. Mm -hmm. Now you see the schedule release videos and all that kind of stuff where teams are letting sort of that comedic element come into their franchise. And, Nobody had really done it. So I was really happy that we got to do that. And then COVID happened. So we didn't do it. And then Brett was like, come on, you got to do one more. We got to do one more. (laughs) And so we did uh, introducing Randy Reed again. And uh, that was the second year. But now I can... I can tell everybody that Randy Reed uh, has is retired. I, I joke and say he died in a fiery jet ski crash, but <laughs> uh, like the Ozarks, maybe California, living life, baby. He's eating fish tacos on the beach, bro. I, the fact that Brett Veach is calling that's so cool. Brett Veach, one of the best GMs in the NFL. He's drafted guys like Trey Smith, Pacheco, late rounds, wheeling, dealing, and he still has time to call Eric Stone Street and set up Randy Reed. Uh, Let me tell you, Brett Brett Veach is an all-world individual, and I I tell everybody whenever I get a chance that, sure, you know, he's been with Andy for years, and Andy has a pretty good track record of recognizing talent and work ethic, and that's what, you know, Brett started at the very bottom, carrying Coach Reed's bags on trips in Philly, and he's worked his way up as a scout and knows talent when he sees it, but all that said, Kansas City being who we are and what kind of town we are, sure, we want to win Super Bowls and sure, we want to beat the Broncos every year. But if we can do all that with also having a good person doing that, Mm -hmm. that's even better. And I can honestly say, and I try to tell as many people as I can, Brett Veach is a great, great person. He's a great human being. He cares about people. And, you know, obviously we know what kind of person coach is and how much his players love him and how just great of a person he is but i just uh i'm proud to that brett's our general manager but i'm as proud that i can call him a friend and um i just think kansas city doesn't realize how good of a person we have as a general manager. Uh, i sure hope they do eric because he is fantastic and and i think it's a in a lineage of great character that has been created and and sort of nurtured by the hunt family right and yep. what and what they've done over the course uh, of the decades that they've been at the helm of of the chiefs organization but hey listen if jason sudeikis is now done with ted lasso maybe we could resurrect randy and it could turn into an apple tv series <laughs> on randy reed right the, the whole you know sort of the, the, the younger brother that just nobody yeah. pays attention it's so true it's, it's so funny you know randy reed was you know i I know obviously Jason well, and somebody had come to me with an idea about being a, a coach of something and this and that. And I'm like, 
I don't I don't know that me being from Kansas City and a huge fan of Jason and a huge fan of Ted Lasso, I, I don't know that I can commit to playing a coach with a mustache on TV right now because anything I do is just going to look like I'm trying to follow in the wake <laughs> of, of Jason and Ted Lasso. But um, it is funny that he and I both, you know, uh, him on an obviously large, much Apple TV scale, uh, have that in us of wanting to play that sort of kind of that, that sort of character. But the only thing I would correct you with on the general manager thing is when you said he's one of the best GMs in the NFL, I think he is the best GM in the NFL. When you consider that, you know, Howie Roseman won GM of the year with, I think 90 some more million dollars than Brett Veach had. So Mm -hmm. 70 some more million. So I just think Brett does so much, uh, you know, in so many different ways that people don't realize. Eric, you were talking about, you know, playing a football coach. You also played a football coach on Modern Family. Um, did you play football at Piper? And also, did you have input into making that kind of Cam's career? And that became such a focus and plot point in Modern Family. You're clearly such a football fan. Yeah, I played football in high school. Uh, you know, I was one of those guys that was – not fast enough for how big I was and not big enough for how slow I was. Right. You know, I I hit my peak when I was a sophomore, I was six foot, 220 pounds, but you know, if I would have stayed right there and developed speed, I might've been good because what I did have was the love of the game. I mean, and that has never gone away. And that's the thing that, you know, people don't understand about people like Joe that make it to the NFL and anyone it's like, you, you better have the physical ability, but you better have this ex, extra thing, which is the willingness to, blood, to bleed and sweat and cry day in and day out during the grind. And I don't know that I probably would have been able to do what it takes to – I don't think my abilities were there to dedicate that much time. I found that out because I was a discus thrower and, when, and, a, and a shot putter. And I was good in high school. But then I got a junior college, junior college scholarship. And when I got to junior college and saw how big the discus was, I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I got to be smart here. Like, I'm never going to the Olympics. So what am I doing? Uh, like discus and shot put career. It's 16 pounds. You know what 16 pounds of a shot put is? I was like, I'm out. Uh, and that, that would have eventually happened with football too, but, uh, I love the game. You know, I still, I was just telling, um, who was it? I was telling the other day we were talking about football. It might've been, it might've been Travis. We were at a, at the Royals game and I was telling him, bro, I still have dreams where I play a whole game and I wake up and my toes are cramping and my calves are cramping <laughs> from like firing off the ball. And they were, di- well, it was, I think it was him and Creed talking about and talking about football and me saying the closest I get is dreaming that I play football and wake up sore after a game. <laughs> and listen, Hey, Eric, guys, like, you know, guys that play or would dream about, you know, getting opportunity to, to be in front of a camera and make a millions and millions of people laugh too. So, yeah. you know, hats off to what you did and the, you know, that pivot from, you know, lineman in, in, in high school and, and shot put and discus thrower to amazing, amazing actor and comedian and just fan favorite. So really, I mean, believe me, football players dream about that too. And yeah. uh, so I think that's fantastic um, that you did that and, and made that pivot. So it's, 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 it's just so cool. And listen, when you talk about crying and the passion of the game, Jeff and I have talked about this many, many times, you know, cause my, the era that I was in was the Marty Schottenheimer eras and, 
I did a lot of crying at Marty Schottenheimer training camps. Let me tell you, I mean, it, it, they were, I remember we went 13 days in a row of full pad two a days. And I, I love the players today. Don't get me wrong. And I don't want to be one of those guys. that's like, well, I walked up to school uphill both ways in the snow with no shoes. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not one of those old timers, but man, I'll tell you those Marty time was Lombardi time. Yeah. And we, we got after it. So I always think about like, who, what would it be like to be in a training camp today? And I, and I, I love, I don't begrudge the guys, but I do uh, feel for them. Well, they do say that Andy's training camps are different within Ooh. the NFL. Yeah. If any, if any are old school like yours are, it's an Andy training camp, which, yeah. you know, trans, you know, it, it, it plays out on the field. I mean, it's, we're always prepared. He's ne we're never going to be a team that uh, loses because we're not conditioned or prepared. I I think I'm safe to say that. Hey, Amen. What I was going to ask, one of the questions I was going to ask you is what, you know, Eric, you've been around this team, you've been intimately involved, you're getting to know the guys and the organization really well. What, to you, what makes this team special? You know, what, 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 what if you could pick a few things that, that you think makes this team really special and has really elevated them way above the rest of the league? Yeah, well, you know, it started with Coach. Like, mm -hmm. Coach coming to Kansas City and tr changing the climate, mm -hmm. like, that's where it started. And I've heard different stories from different people about when he got here, he is a guy and, and Veach is too, you know, they say, don't sweat the small things, but I always think that the best and most successful people have the ability to manage sweating the small things. And you should see all the minutia in life and maybe manage what you get yourself involved with. But I just don't believe the most successful people in the world. Don't, don't sweat the small things. I think we sweat, we sweat the small things. And so it started with coach, you know, noticing the goalposts being rusty or it noticed this or whatever it is and changing the climate and culture and then coming in and wanting to play for Big Red. I mean, you you know, similar thing with Coach Snyder, how at K-State, you know, it was people mm -hmm. thought like I have an opportunity to not only win and be a good football player, but maybe have somebody have an impact on my life. And I think coach is that. So people come into the system, buy in because it's Coach Reed they call him a coach's player and a player's coach. I don't know necessarily what that means other than I've heard him say, it means that I'm honest, you know, all the time. Yeah. I know when there's fun time and I know when there's not fun time. And, you know, I'm the leader is, is the most honest person on there. You know, the coach is most honest with all of his players. And then obviously we get into talent, right. Where Dorsey, you know, drafted, some good guys. And then Veach took over and we, I mean, we drafted 15. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, I never in a million years thought I would be the fan of a team that had a franchise quarterback because right. my I, career right. had been Elvis Bono, Trent green. I love Trent green, but Trent green wasn't ours, you know, uh, Steve DeBerg, uh, he, I could Joe go to Joe Montana, even Joe Montana. I mean, as, much, as great as he was, as great as he was, he wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs great. And so, the idea that we had our own franchise quarterback and my fandom of the Chiefs changed with one single play. I was, we always auctioned this thing off at Big Slicker. We did the charity event we do where you get to spend a day at uh, NFL Network and watch games. And I was at the NFL Network with the people that had bid the auction. I think they had left, but I was watching the games with Rich Eisen and 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 some of the guys there at the NFL Network. And Kansas City Chiefs were playing Baltimore, 
and it was third it or it could have been fourth i, I know exactly it. the play but go ahead go ahead eric was it third and 13 or fourth and 13 I think it was i think it was third we'll we'll look this up yeah. but I, I know exactly the play you're referencing and patrick drops back and hits tyreek for like 20 yards and we go on to, to win the game. And it was at that moment that I looked around and told Rich Eisen, it's like, I'm no longer the fan that thinks we're not going to make it. I'm the fan now that thinks we will. Like, it was that moment that Patrick and this team showed me as a lifelong Chiefs fan. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give up on this team because they're this good. And it was at that moment that I changed. And now when I watch the chiefs, just like everybody else, and it's third and 13, I'm like, we got this when it's fourth and three, we got this. And it's, you know, sure. We don't pick all those up, but the mentality of the fan changed with Patrick and the talent around him of thinking we might get it versus we're never, well, we're never going to pick this up. Right. You know? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference between the Chiefs fans. Yeah, kind of who have grown up. If you're a Chiefs fan in your like 20s, that's totally if you're a Chiefs fan, maybe of, of closer to our generation. Um, and, and just to correct, I, I did look that up. You had that right, Eric. It was a fourth down play. Um, wanted to touch on one thing you said, how Andy Reid changed the culture. You are so right. They were two and fourteen. They had the whole the Joven Joven Belcher tragedy just before that. I mean, this was a franchise really in disarray and it was a good analogy to uh kansas state bill snyder rebuilding that that program speaking of local sports figures uh we're also royals fans a lot of the listeners here uh one of my favorite modern family episodes george brett makes a kid yeah. eric you must have had something to do with that talk, talk about that please uh well i got a text i was home in kansas city i got a text from one of our writers that said are you friends with george brett and i was like Yes, I guess. I, <laughs> I didn't. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but yes, I know George. Why? What do you want to know? And they were like, well, we've got this. We're working on this episode and we don't want to go any further with it if we don't think it's a possibility. But do you think he'd do a cameo on the show? And I was like, I mean, without talking to him, I think he would, given how fun he is. And I know he's a fan of Modern Family. Um, but let me ask, what is it? He goes, well, just be one day, you know, the premise is this and blah, blah, blah. So I called George or I text George and I say, Hey George, they've written a part that they really want you to do on modern family. Um, can I call you? And he sends back this text that said, I'm driving right now. I'll call you in just a few minutes. <laughs> That's a good George Brett, by the way. That's, oh, that is like... Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, not a few minutes, but like 31 seconds passes and my phone rings. It's George Brett. I'm like, George, he goes, hey, I just pulled over. I wanted to hear what this is about. Uh, talk to me. What What's going on here? And so I'm like, well, they've written this part where we're at training camp and or, or at spring training and the Royal, we're getting a massage and the Royal spring training is right over. And then we run into you and he goes, well, let me look at my schedule, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let me have my brother look into it. And I, and then I did this for fun, just to mess with George. And I'm like, Hey, George, uh, it's no big deal. If you can't do it, I'll call Brett Saberhagen. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. <laughs> At least, and, and you know what really would have gotten if you said, "Hey, I'm going to call Mike Schmidt from the Phillies." Oh, um, oh boy, but, that would have been bad. But I got 
I got a good a tie in to George and the Chiefs for you, Eric. So when I was in training camp and I was working for Channel Nine, you know, I had this like little pipeline into into the media there. When you know, filling in for Len Dawson in the evenings during the uh, during the season. So um, I get a um, a call that they that they want to come to River Falls, Wisconsin, and they want to do like a day with, and they want to show fans what our training camp looks like. Now, let me tell you. It was a division three school with cinder block dorms and they gave us two twin beds. They pushed together. Right. Which so we is, even have like, that's still the case in St. Joe, by the way, I can, yeah, I yeah. can confirm. Yes. We had a, an air conditioner, a television and a phone. That was it. Spartan to the max. Right. So I'm giving channel nine um, this, uh, you know, I think it was Dennis Evans at the time, I'm giving him a tour taking them through the cafeteria, showing how we're going through the lunch line. I mean, it's like a cafeteria, right? Yeah. And and so George sees this spot on Channel 9 News, and I, and, and I caught him at the airport, and I was in line, and I feel a tap on my shoulder. And I'm not going to do any justice the way that you did a great impersonation. George was like, hey, Joe, i got to talk to you about something. <laughs> I said, well, hey. first of all, I'm like, oh, my gosh, George Brett. Like, you know, George Brett's just talking to me, right? And I said, uh, what is it, George? He goes, I'm going to tell you something. He goes, if – if a, a spring training in the major leagues was anything like an NFL training camp, he goes, I probably would have lasted like three years in the majors. <laughs> I said, well, George is probably the difference between baseball and football, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. But he got a, he got a real kick out of that. And I got a kick out of it because I remember as a you know, child watching him battle the Phillies and, you know, do that. And, and another, one other tie in too, Eric, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I had lunch with Andy Reid the, in the first two weeks that he became the Eagles coach. And, and, you know, it's funny because I, I, I can sit here and, of course, I can say I knew then or I, you know, I knew it. But I really did that when, when, when I met Andy Reid and he took over as the head coach of the Eagles because, you know, I live in Philadelphia and they got some Philadelphia NFL alums together to meet him and catch up with them. And I was pretty freshly uh, out of the league at the time. And, I, you know, I, I got with him. We had this we went to Pep Saloon and grabbed a roast beef sandwich and. He was, I was so impressed, and I knew he was going to do great things with the Eagles. I just knew it right there. But then later on, when he got, when, you know, when he joined the Chiefs, I did. And I'm not just because we're a Chiefs podcast and I'm talking to you. And I've said this many, many times. I knew, that, I knew the Chiefs were going to win a Super Bowl with him at the helm. I really did. I just, I knew that he had it. And he just needed to be in an organization that was as nurturing to his talents as the Kansas city organization was, and that they were going to surround him with the right people to do it. And I, I, I just, I just, I have so much time for that guy. I just think, and you're right. He's a player's coach because he's transparent. He give he cares so much, but you know, he's the leader. He doesn't, he's not too soft and, and he, and he pays attention to the details and that's what every player is looking for. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, so intimidated by, his his presence i don't get intimidated by a lot of people usually when i am intimidated it's from other areas of of professions right I'm not actors nah you know musicians yeah football players and coaches for sure mm -hmm. and i just i was just lucky enough to get to MC his special olympics event here in kansas city and i told the story to the group of my first interaction with coach is I was standing at the tunnel in San Diego after a come from behind win again, can't remember the year it all melts together, but we know kind of when it was because it was before they moved to Carson and before they moved to LA. So <clears throat> I'm at the top of the tunnel, Tammy's standing in front and here comes coach and he gives her a big hug. Like he always does. And I'm just standing there like, uh, just nervous. I'm not a player. Uh, and all of a sudden he just comes up and he hits me right up. 
How about that? And just walks on. <laughs> oh, my God. I, and I always, uh, there's a famous Prince song called She Spoke to Me. And uh, that always played through my head. It's like, he spoke to me. <laughs> I was so excited that coach acknowledged me. And that was really our first interaction. And, you know, I'm reluctant to say because I don't I don't ever want to be the fan that seems like I'm just like, you know, all about the clout or whatever. But I put in my time and the idea that Brett has welcomed me in and the hunts have welcomed me in. And coach has welcomed me in because they know that I'm not there just to like for, for clout. I mean, it's just that easy. Like I'm a fan of the game. I love talking football. I love understanding football. I love, I mean, I love the offensive line. So I hope just right there, that makes me yeah. more of a football fan than most people. Uh, yeah. And it's just incredible that I get to a have coach Reed as the coach of my favorite franchise and then also be friends with him. Like that's cool. Pretty awesome. And I always try to remind myself that what 16, 17 year old me would have thought if I was going to dinner with Marty Schottenheimer. uh, And I also always try to remind myself of how lucky I am and we are to know coach and Tammy and Brett and Allison and just get to be even a glimpse of the inner circle of, what one of my biggest loves in the lot in the world. And that's the chiefs. Um, I also, a, any projects that you want to tell fan, we've all, we've obviously got a lot of chiefs fans, but a lot of fans of you, any projects you want to talk about that you got upcoming? Uh, well, I've got, uh, I was just in LA for six, I think six or seven weeks shooting a new, a new show. That's going to be out in November on Disney. It's not a new show. It's the second season of a new show. The Santa Claus is with Tim oh, wow. Allen. Uh, so it'll be a, it'll come out in November around Thanksgiving and I play kind of the bad guy of this season. that's coming to take my rightful spot as Santa Claus. I think people will get a real kick out of the character that I get to play. Um, and it was fun being with Tim. I mean, I've looked up to Tim and, and let's love his work. And I, you know, being on the set with, with Scott Calvin and Santa Claus at the same time. It's just, I realized one day when I was, I had lunch with Tim Allen, but then was working with Scott Calvin. And it's just like, holy cow, like you really are in my mind, two people. And it's a testament obviously to Tim Allen, but also the hair and the makeup where I, you know, it's just, I've never had that experience where someone is two people in my, in my, in my brain. And it was fun. I've always wanted to play Santa Claus and, um, and uh, this is this was my opportunity, but I think families will get a real kick out of it. The boys here at my house were very excited when I told them I was going to be on the second season of Santa Clauses. Oh, that's very fantastic. Good. So, Eric, let me ask you this. Go back to the Chiefs a little bit. Um, I know they got a great schedule coming up. I'm, I'm super excited about their schedule. Jeff and I are so excited to cover it and talk about the great games that are coming up. Any games sticking out in your mind? I know, hey, listen, I, I came from the Coach Schottenheimer era. The only important game is your next game, Joe. I heard him say that many times to me. But, and I know, I know that, you know, but at least we can talk about it as fans, right? What, any, any that are sticking out in your mind that are, you're really looking forward to? Well, I mean, you know, the Buffalo-Cincinnati games now yeah. have become, they've almost, until the Raiders and Broncos step up, uh, they've kind of supplanted – the Raiders Broncos week with Cincy Buffalo week. I mean, which is great for those cities. Uh, you know, I, 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 
if Patrick Mahomes wasn't my quarterback, it would be a coin flip for which quarterback I would want Josh or Joe after Patrick. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just incredibly talented guys. Um, I root for the Buffalo when we're not playing because Mitch Morse is the center for Buffalo and he was our center. And I think he's an outstanding individual and human being. So I root for him. Um, those two games obviously are sticking out, but you know what? And I'm sure you guys have talked about it. I've heard coach talk about it. The NFL, I'll never forget a press conference when we won by 11 and coach coach was kind of getting hounded by the press and coach kind of stopped and was like, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to point out that we just had a double digit win. Do you know how hard it is to beat teams in the NFL by double digits? And I had a light bulb moment. I'm like, oh yeah, we are playing other professional football teams that want to win just as bad. And not only did we beat them, we beat them by, in, by double digits. So it wasn't a one point win. It wasn't a three point win. It was an 11 point win. And so I've adjusted my vernacular since then, but also what comes with being the Chiefs is we get the best of yes. everyone. Yep. Everyone's like, best shot. Yep. Everyone's best shot. Not only are we playing teams that are qualified to beat us each week, which they are, all 32 teams can win any given Sunday, correct? But we're not only playing – 17 teams that are qualified position by position to beat us, right? That's what I love about football. If everybody wins their battles, usually that team wins, right? We're getting the amped up version of those 17 teams or 16 teams that want to come after us. So um, every game worries me. Uh, but then I have this moment every Saturday where I'm like, but coach reads our coach. Right. And Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback and Creed Humphreys, our center and Travis and Travis Kelsey's our tight end. I, 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 and I calm down a little bit and then I get amped up again for the game. And then if we're down a little bit, I remind myself. And then if we lose, this is my process of loss as rooting for a professional sports team. When the chiefs lose, I'm mad. I'm upset and I'm sad for like five minutes. And then I go to this place, which I would encourage all fans to do and say, I don't have permission to be more upset and angry than those players and those coaches who have been in the building since the beginning of August preparing for these games. They wanted to win worse than me. Their blood is out there. Their sweat is out there. So I can be upset and angry, but not more than them. And I'm going to take my position back as a fan and get ready for next Sunday. There you go. That's a great perspective. Okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll end on this one, Jeff. We'll, we'll tie it all together. Your love for offensive linemen. You talked about you know the individual battles that need to be won. We got you know some some changes on the O line this year. Obviously, the core in in the center guard positions are, are core. We got that cored up. We got some new tackles. How how you feeling? Have you had a chance to spend any time or watch any of the the new tackles play or what those battles are going to look like at tackle. How are you feeling about the O-line this year? Well, our, our interior, I mean, I'm putting up against anybody in the mm -hmm. league. Right? Absolutely. No doubt. Joe Tooney, no doubt. Joe Tooney. If you've not seen Joe Tooney in person without pads on Joe Tooney is like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to slight him in any way, but when you look at him, you don't necessarily think 
incredible left guard in the NFL. Like he's big and thick, but not like fat in any way. Not like he just is just kind of a, kind of a guy that looks like he could put up a thousand bales of hay in one day and not think anything. (laughs) He just kind of looks like a thick farm boy, but he, he is such a technician on that offensive line and he is so good with his hands and he is so incredibly strong. And then when you go to Creed, obviously, I mean, speaking of farm boy looking guys, yeah, Creed I, and, I, and Judy, <laughs> he is truly a refrigerator with legs in the middle of that <laughs> offensive line. He's immovable. He's incredible. And then Trey Smith talking about Brett Veach. I'll never forget when Veach told me they drafted him. He's like, just wait till you see Trey Smith. Um, love him as a human being. Great person. The I love. Okay. If in my mind I was playing football, right, and in my memory of how I was in high school, Trey Smith was the anger level that I played with. Like, that's how I feel like I played. Without his abilities, without his strength. But his follow-through and his finish and his sheer aggression is what I feel like I did possess naturally for the game of football. Like, anger. Like, just brute force on the field so i love him interior solid yeah you know eric real quick you know what it makes me think about it makes me think about the law firm right it makes me think about zot who was a lot like tooney creed has a lot of grunny in him oh yeah and trey has a ton of will it's oh. like and, and then you got the italian guy number 73 backing him up <laughs> allegretti blair it's like oh it's like, yeah who also catches patsy you know he, it's, he also catches it's patsy. like I don't know. It's like history repeating itself. I don't know. Sorry. I didn't mean, I just wanted to draw that analogy out there. And let me tell you, speaking of Nick Allegretti, I love, I love Nick Allegretti. Like he's, he's the prime example, like Wiley that I love him as a Kansas city chief. But if he gets, if Nick Allegretti gets the opportunity to go start somewhere and go play, I would wish him all the best and be so happy for him because I think he's such a good guy. I love the way he talks. He's like a Chicago guy. Uh, Great Allegretti story. You know, he had twins on the Super Bowl. The morning of the Super Bowl, he had babies born. So we were riding on the bus back after the Super Bowl. It's me, Lindsey, Brett, and Allison, and we're sitting there with the offensive line, and we're congratulating Nick. And I I said it first, didn't I? I mean, I can take credit for it, right? Yeah, pretty sure. I'm like, wait a minute. You had two kids on the Super Bowl. Day, you have two rings. We're gonna start calling you Nikki Two Kids. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love so, it. So uh, I think I gave him the nickname Nikki Two Kids. I love it. I must be Joey Three Kids then. Yeah, you're Joey so. Three Kids. Well, they because they were they were calling each other, you know, so and so two rings, and I'm like, well, you're Nikki Two Kids if they're so and so two rings. I love it. Yeah, it was Joe Tooney's two rings. No, he's three. He's four rings. He's yeah Tooney. with the Patriots. He's got he's yeah. got a lot. Anyway, back to the tackles. Yeah, uh, you know, I think Chiefs fans were like freaking out that we got yeah. Juwan, Juwan, who's an incredible athlete, and everybody was like, "Well, there's our left tackle." And I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything out of book, but I mean, I think they drafted him as, or they they got went and got him because they thought he's just such an extreme, gifted, quick, strong athlete that it was like we're we're gonna it's like when you when you draft the best athlete available i mean he was an incredible he's just an incredible athletic offensive lineman and then when donovan it's smith right donovan smith Mm -hmm. 
Yep. When Donovan Smith came available, I mean, you know, that guy's played 240 some games in the NFL, hasn't he? Like, yeah. I mean, he's a he's value on that. They got like it was a great, it was a no brainer in my opinion. A no brainer. And then people are like, well, why'd we pay Juwan all this money or whatever? It's like in Veach, we trust, man. And what we've learned with that Super Bowl loss is we can't have too many skilled offensive linemen. Absolutely. And well, so I think the way it'll shake out, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know. I think we've got two solid, we got a left tackle and a right tackle. And we got a right tackle that would be an incredible left tackle. I know that people get mad when you say, oh, just move to left tackle because it is two positions. And I do understand that. But I think they, the thought with Juwan is that he is as gifted of an athlete as could, there is. And if anybody can go back and forth, it's him. Yeah, and my theory is I th- I think Patrick actually likes having his better protection on his on his right side anyway. He because he does not want pressure in his face. He he does, he's, he has eyes back in the back of his head. He doesn't worry about the 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 right defensive end who goes against the left tackle. He doesn't worry about that guy. He's more worried about being able to go to his right and have a solid right side of the pocket. I, that's how I see it. So I think having a great right tackle is even better. Well, and the whole thing of the blind side and the left tackle, I mean, I feel the Mitchell Schwartz was the first person that opened my mind up to like the slight on right tackles. It's like, I, I mean, it's it's almost like we, we put all this focus on the left tackle, but the right tackle is usually who's going up against the best player on the other team. So, you know, think about Mitchell Schwartz against Von Miller all those years. Think about Mitchell Schwartz against Bosa and – so the idea that the the left tackle is the, the, is supposedly the way more athletic one, and the right tackle is just this lump of coal over there is ridiculous. I I, I think I think they're doing great. I Fred, I'm going to use that line, Eric, and Beach we trust because they know what they're doing. Andy Heck's going to do a great job of putting the right pieces in the place, along with Coach Reed. I, I think they're solid. So I love your analysis. I love Coach Heck. One th- and one thing I said when we were going on and on about Brett Veach that I know Brett Veach would, if, if he sees this, would would cringe at that I'm not giving credit to his staff because he's always the first person to talk about how great of a staff he has and how great Braganzi is, who should be a general manager. You know, Poles went on to become a general manager, and I think that we'll get cherry-picked at some point for all of our guys. But Chris Shea, all those dudes, they're awesome, awesome guys. They have fun uh, doing the job, and it's, it's just – we're, we're very lucky to have the dedication of that, of that crew. And again, it all, it all starts with coach Reed on the football side. Yeah. And speaking of lucky, we've been so lucky to have you on today, Eric. This was awesome. what a transition, awesome. Joe. They're, right? they're calling you Joey transitions. Hey, <laughs> Lenny Daw- if Lenny Dawson didn't teach me anything, he taught me transitions from the script to the two anchors sitting next to you. So <laughs> that's why I made a transition from the football field to now the media side. To the media <laughs> side. Eric Stonetree, he's going to be on uh, Santa Claus very soon with Tim Allen again. You guys should definitely catch that Emmy award-winning actor. Eric, thanks so much. This is a real treat. And if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.